Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. I'm going to talk about who can bear the cost of going green. We hear kind of a constant rumble. Kind of like the world's going to end and things are really going to be bad if we don't stop global warming. So, let's pretend that's true, and I think there is some truth to it. I think there's a little hysteria icing on top of the truth. But let's say the world weather and climate is going south, and that's really going to hurt the poor people. Who can afford the cost of going green? It's kind of basic question, isn't it? Well, you get an idea of, you know, the cost of trying to go green, assuming we knew what to do. Um, Biden had a program trillions for going green. Four trillion or some over ten years. Anyway, it, it's the numbers in trillions, and I'm not really sure it matters, like how many trillions, because it's a lot of money. And assuming we knew how to spend that money well, and we were willing to pay for that money and not just create it out of thin air. Um, we in the United States could probably afford the trillions for going green. That doesn't mean that other things wouldn't suffer, but there might be, you know, pluses along the way. And I'm not necessarily against paying that trillions. I'm a little be a little happier if we were willing to put a tax on it and everybody listening to this knows that I favor a carbon tax and then letting the market figure out how to solve the problem. Innovators, scientists, entrepreneurs, capitalism, give them a clear playing field, let them understand the rules of the game and a carbon tax is very simple. You pay money, you pay X dollars per ton for putting CO2 into the air or methane or any carbon-containing gas or any CO2 equivalents put into the air. Simple, simple stuff. Our business, our capitalism, our market is incredibly good at dealing with... Uh, those kind of clear instructions. Because a businessman wants to know if he can make money. He wants to know if this new invention that sucks up CO2 or that creates methanol out of CO2, he wants to know what it costs him to implement that technology and what's his reward. If he can figure that out, 
and believe that it's going to be a consistent policy going for the time that it takes him to get his investment back. He's in. And we can raise enormous amounts of money in this country. Something like 8% of our GDP is spent on financing, which is amazing. But okay, let's grant that the U.S. can pay for it. Maybe Canada. Probably not so much Mexico. Maybe in the future. Europe. There's a few strong members of the European Union and maybe they can help pay the cost for the weaker members. Of course, they got a lot of trillions going to have to go into rebuilding Ukraine. So, how do people get the money to pay for going green? Okay, let's, let's continue this quest. Russia, if they weren't spending all their money on weapons, might, but they, they're not going to do it. Now look at the big players. Like, let's look at the whole continent of Africa. Maybe South Africa might be able to afford it. I think they're kind of in the same category as Mexico. Rest of Africa, where the hell are they going to get them? trillions of dollars. They can't feed their people right now. That, and I'm generalizing on a, you know, a lot of countries in Africa, but generally Africa cannot afford to go green. How about India? Probably going to, it is unless, you know, something weird happens going to overtake uh, China as being the most populous nation in the world. They're billions. Singular right now, but it will be billions. Do you think they can afford going green? Uh, nope. Pakistan? Nope. Indonesia? Nope. Japan? Probably yes. South Korea, kind of like a Mexico and the maybe color. China. Probably actually no. Um, they're in a crash. Their population's crashing. And their ability to produce money and their ability to produce money mean staying on good terms with people that they do business with so they can manufacture stuff. Mm, supporting Russia is not going to help them. So they're not going to have a lot of extra money sitting around. And they're going to, their ability to produce money because you need, surprisingly, you need people to make money. No matter how much you automate know how much science or technology your output still depends on people. If your population is shrinking, it is really hard 
that your GDP is not also shrinking. So GDP per capita is kind of a slowly changing number for most economies. And it's hard to push that number up too much. So, yeah, only place we haven't looked at is uh, Latin America. They make a lot of big promises, but do you think Latin America can afford trillions? Chile's pretty prosperous. Brazil's kind of like Mexico. All of them are kind of marginally, not all of them, most of them are marginally stable democracies. A few at autocracies like Venezuela. Venezuela can't keep their oil fields pumping without Western capitalistic entrepreneurial help. Cuba, no NL. Most of the uh, Dominican Republic and the Caribbean countries, nope. So who's, who's going to pay for this going green? Look, the United States and the few strong countries in Europe like Germany and stuff going to pay for Britain, going to pay for the rest of the world going green? Where are they going to get the extra trillions after they use the trillions they need to go green? This is like a huge question. This is like the question. I've been an engineer all my life, and people are always saying, you could do this or do that. You can make a car go, you know, 200 miles per gallon, and you just got to engineer it. Yeah, the trick about engineering that scientists don't have is you have to find it a way to do something better and at lower cost. Because if it's not lower cost, um, you don't make money. You can't get the money for it. You can't. Money just doesn't appear. Money appears for ideas that do stuff, do things more efficiently. And to make this global warming, it's got to be, there's obviously a mission <clears throat> to put less CO2 into the air, but it has to be done in a way that doesn't bankrupt the world. And if you look around, there's just not a way to pay for global warming. Now here's something going to knock your teeth out. Where does money come from? I mean, wealth. How do you create it? You know, it's, it's resourceful people engineering new systems that produce goods and services. It's farmers being more efficient, wiser, smarter. It's better ways of managing and doing whatever we do. That generally takes people sitting down. I've been working on a $10 million pilot plant for 
two years and the amount of engineering and brain power that's gone into this pilot plant uh, is amazing. But this is a $10 million pilot plant. I don't even know what $10 million is divided into a trillion. But it's a lot more. And imagine the engineering to do that simultaneously over the U.S. There's not enough engineers in North America to even start to do that job correctly. You have to depend on the market. Biden and his crowd does not know how to do it. The progressives that are pushing so hard for this and the liberals, they do not know how to do it. This is something that requires an enormous amount of money, planning, engineering. And we haven't chosen to use our marvelous market and capitalist system to make it happen because we don't really want to pay for it. We don't want we don't want to pass a tax of any shape or kind to actually pay for this. So it's not going to happen. And then the rest of the world, I don't know what the percentage is, but 80% of the world, let's call it 75% of the world, can't afford to go green. They don't have the money to make it happen. Now here's going to blow your mind out if you start thinking about this. What is it that you need to become more prosperous? It's kind of universal. I mean, there's a lot of things. Like the U.S. has a great transportation system. has a lot of navigable rivers as much as the rest of the world put together. And we got man-made, pretty good road system under Eisenhower. But what's really fundamental? Let me give you a hint right now. Natural gas in the U.S. cost about uh, $5 a therm. It's been down as low as $2 over the last 10 years. It's, I don't know, been up maybe seven or eight or something. What's it in Europe right now, Germany? Multiply that by 10. Fracking technology is part of the difference. Part of it was our belief to be self-sufficient in energy and going after that goal we told the market that's what we wanted, and <clears throat> it delivered. Yeah, there's some environmental problems with fracking, but it's nothing that can't be managed. The world is not coming to an end. There are places where fracking's been done poorly and has been done around city water supply, blah, 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 and that ought to be taken care of and regulated and done to the best stage of the art and with consequences and liabilities when you don't do it. But fracking has really saved our butt.
Now, what does Africa, just pick Africa or South America, need, or India? They could use some electricity to run electric motors to make stuff. They could use electricity or better internet systems. But how to make that electricity? And once, once you make that electricity, which is a marvelous thing, delivers, multiplies the power and the ability of a human by routinely tens of times, but thousands, ten thousand times, electricity multiplies what you can do. An electric motor is a really amazing thing. Also, you need energy to make steel and concrete to build stuff. You need energy to make fertilizer to do your crops. You need energy to drive the combines. You need energy to deliver it to the market. It turns out that if you want to help a country prosper, you give it low-cost energy. Then it can prosper. And once it is prospering, then it can go green. It can't happen in the other direction. You can't go green. The amount of money, the capitalism, the capitalism, my bad, the amount of capital required to go green is enormous. I mean, just as an education exercise, I looked at going, uh, filling up my roof with uh, solar panels. It was like 30,000 bucks or something. It made about 50, 60% of my energy needs in this house. Probably took me a decade to pay that back. Or I can plug into the grid and get power. Um, it's a whole lot cheaper to run my house. So I would have to come up with that money. And I know that's just a little microcosm, but somebody's got to come up with that money. Now, I've also figured out that putting solar on top of people's houses is a feel-good thing. It doesn't actually make any sense. It's actually a, not a smart economic move. <clears throat> and it's probably not a smart move for the planet. Because if you can take it and put the solar panels in a field... Assuming you're in a good climate, you can do it, you know, half the cost. The labor is too way too labor intensive to put it on your, your house. And the small projects like that can't compete. You put it in a big, you know, 10 acres or 100 acres, solar can be competitive with. Uh, all forms of electricity depending on what climate you're in probably 
in a lot of places better than even natural gas. But it's getting competitive. It's good news. Wind in the right place is good news. But it turns out that it takes a lot of money. And you can test that out as an individual. If you want to go all your power from solar, hydro, wind, it's probably going to cost you on the order of half the cost of your house. Some, something like that. It, it, it's a big number. And you got to do that simultaneously all across the U.S., all across South America, all across the world. It's not going to happen. We're living in some kind of dreamland. We have to do this in steps. And if you look at the economies of the world, they've shown you how it's done. This country started off on coal, kind of like where India is right now, China is right now, natural gas, nuclear. And we gradually, as we have become more prosperous, we can start thinking about investments like wind and solar. Need huge grids. I'm not actually sure that, in fact, I'm pretty sure in most climates of the world, um, you can't get all your power from, from solar and wind. There's people that have actually studied this, and there's actually maps of where you can get all the power you need. We have examples of failures in this already. Germany. What did they do? They spend a truckload of money bringing in solar and wind. Shut down their nuclear plants and then turned on the spigot to Russia. Price of natural gas went up. And they also have Russia has them by the balls. Now they're having to turn back on their coal-powered plants. This huge miscalculation. And their answer right now is, well, we're just going to build more wind and solar. Well, I hate to tell you, but watch them over the next few years. They're going backwards. Finland, on the other hand, is expanding their nuclear power, and they're going to get caught up with uh, France pretty soon and they're even making depositories like in geological rock that's you know 20 miles not 20 miles a mile under the ground to put all their nuclear waste Finland's on the ball and Finland is going to make progress on CO2 France is making progress Germany is making more CO2 after all their investments. This is a tough game. If you want to make... Let's... let's Africa, I think, at the moment is kind of like a Mission Impossible. But if you want to make South America a little more 
developed. Get them on to get them greener. What are the steps you need? You might need to help them how to do fracking and develop their oil reserves. Become more prosperous. Put some nuclear plants in. Crank up their gross domestic product. Once you've given them the energy to become prosperous, low-cost energy, then you can start talking about converting them as much as possible to solar and wind and then fill in the gap with nuclear. Not just the old nuclear plants. There's a whole bunch of new designs and smaller modular uh, nuclear plants. And there's plants based on thorium that have the half-life of their waste is three to five hundred years instead of, you know, ten thousand years like the old nuclear plants. And there's molten salt reactors, which I'm learning to do. And, uh, and our new plant, making magnesium. So, that sounds like a long journey, doesn't it? It is a long journey. It's hard. It's difficult. And we're acting like you just asked Biden and his team and they know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. And it won't do any good at all if just the U.S. goes green. Assuming we were smart enough to go green. If we're 350,000, India is over a billion, 1.2 billion or something like that, 1.4, anyway, that's a lot. China's 1.2 and going south really fast. There's millions of people in Africa, South America, all of which can't afford it. Who can afford to go green? The answer is very little of the world. Despite all their big promises, you will not be seeing CO2 output going down. We don't have a viable plan. Our plan is not technically sound for the world. We do not have the money to pay for going green. A lot of the world does not have enough sun and wind combined to go green. Battery storage helps, really raises the price tag. Oh, we left out Australia. Australia is probably one of the countries you can put on the list of they can't afford it. And they've got a lot of sun. And they have a lot of wind, so they're, they're kind of good shape. And they also have very few people, like 
30 million people or something live in the whole country. Finland has, what, a million and a half people or something. They can do it. They're prosperous. A lot of the Scandinavian countries. A little short on sunshine up there. But they're doing nuclear. They're smart. But we are not smart. We do not have a plan that we can afford to pay for. We have to help people get low-cost energy. Like right now, wouldn't it be nice if the U.S. could sell liquid natural gas to Germany and they could cut the money off to Russia? That's kind of consistent with my idea of green in my backyard, Gimby. It works not only for, you know, minerals and metals and raw materials. It also works for energy. Green in my backyard. We have to help people get green in their backyards. Then we can maybe afford going green. That's probably, if we had a universal plan around the world to help everybody get low-cost energy so we could make them prosperous so they could afford going green. Um, probably a 10-year exercise to be where we think we are right now, to be where we are like in the U.S. where we have the money but a little shaky on the plan. I know you're waiting any moment for the master plan. Congress is going to pass this little bill and going to give us a picture of the master plan. Nope. <laughs> Not going to happen in my lifetime. We don't have a master plan, but we do have the money to do it. We don't have the will to spend that money or to raise that money with taxes. So if we just create it out of thin air, we're going to have more inflation. But who pays for the cost of going green? Who can pay for the cost of going green? That's the question of the day. And a sub-question is, where is the master plan for the world? This is the ancient Texan looking for pictures. I want to see a picture of the master plan. <laughs> Show it to me in a little movie. Hope you have a good one. Hope I haven't talked your arm off here. But it's the kind of stuff I sit around thinking about. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste.